You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Masterclass. And it is time for our masterclass. And I'd love to welcome our guest, Crystal Hendricks, chairperson of the Intersex South Africa. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming through. Hi, good afternoon, Rila Bukhile, and good afternoon to all the listeners. So let's start at the very, very basics. And um, just to share the context again, in, in all of the work that I've been doing um, in media spaces, be it television, be it on radio, be it conversations on social media, there seems to be so much confusion when it comes to sexuality, gender identity, and then bringing in the conversation around intersex. And hence, I thought this conversation is so critical because there are so many who think they know what intersex is, but don't actually have a full understanding. Um, So maybe we can start at the absolute beginning as to the term intersex. What exactly does it mean? Thank you, Rila Bukhile. Um, So, yeah, what is intersex and what does it mean? Um, so, intersex is an umbrella term used to describe a wide range of natural body variations. So, intersex people are born with sexual characteristics that doesn't fit the typical binary notions of male or female. So, it could be linked to anything such as um, genitalia, ovaries, testes, chromosomes, hormones, internal um, sexual reproductive systems, um, which means these are not aligned to the sex of either male and female. At some cases, intersex traits are visible at birth, where they mm. see when you know when the child is born. But also, in most instances, some variations is not visible at birth, and people only find out they are intersex when they go through puberty or later in life when they are. Um, family planning mm. and they're having problem conceiving so what it's linked to different things but mostly to sexual characteristics that mix up male and female and I, and, I'm, and I want us to just um, emphasize when we say sexual characteristics we're talking about sex as in your sex the term in biology not the act and the preference around sexuality just so we can clarify Yes, so we're speaking about when a child is born and yes. doctors look between their legs and they say, yes. hey, you have a beautiful baby girl or you have a beautiful mm. boy. And, and, and that is what we are speaking about. We're speaking about sexual characteristics that makes up, um, like, you know, a woman will have a reproductive system such as yes. ovaries, fallopian tubes, a womb, um, and, you know, this type of thing. Men will have, have their scrotum, their testes, mm. um, so those type of things that makes up. So intersex people um, are basically on a spectrum where their bodies do not conform to what society believes makes up a female and mm. what makes up a male. So their bodies are just different. And I, and, I, and I think what is also key to highlight is that the conversation is not just reduced to genitalia because um, many people just have the understanding that, okay, so you have what a boy and a girl would have. So 
that's what it is. Whereas, as you've correctly shared, sometimes it is related to chromosomes. Sometimes it is related to hormones. And sometimes it's related to reproductive organs. So when a child is born, they may be presenting a certain way based on how your doctor would tell you you have a boy or a girl looking between the legs. But only later on to find out that the body composition is not just straight male or female. Yeah, and it's, it's exactly like you said there. Like some intersex traits are not visible at birth, but I think um, because um, science and medicine um, has been so obsessed around genitalia, um, I think the very derogatory term that they used to call intersex people used to be an Aphrodite. Yes. Um, which this so is you, a you, 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 you cut mm-hmm. you cut briefly there. Um, um, so just to clarify, you were saying hermaphrodite. That that is the term yeah. that people were using. Yes. Yeah, so medical and science used to use this word hermaphrodite, but if you look at an hermaphrodite, this goes to back to Greek mythology, and this is speaking to someone that is born with both parts of sexual reproductive organs that could literally impregnate themselves, right? And we know that this is not possible, and you know this has never happened in humanity, and because of this, people has linked intersex with genitalia, mm. and people has linked intersex with people that's being born with parts this does not happen and this does not naturally um occur you know someone could be born with an, an enlarged clitoris um and people would be like we're not sure if this is a boy or a girl someone mm. could be born with no um vaginal opening mm. and people would be like oh, what's happening so it, it's it's different sexual characteristics but it's the intersex person is not someone that is born with two fully functional sexual organs yes yes okay so now that we've established that um from your you know learnings and beliefs and understandings because again and i'll reiterate there is massive confusion around gender and sex from your studies or experiences what are the most common misunderstandings regarding gender and sex yeah, especially um, when it when it comes to intersex people, right? Um, people has always linked people um, to being intersex to being a third gender, um, and that is really a myth that as intersex activists or people that are intersex, you know, that we really wanna people away from so when we look at sex people are born female and male and people are born intersex because intersex is linked to your sexual characteristics right gender identity is what someone decides for themselves right so we cannot decide um someone's gender for example um i could be um born and be classified as female Mm. but growing up i do not identify as being a female and i identify myself as being a man and, and therefore I can transition to affirm my gender and I can be a transgendered man, right? Mm. So so, so that is a decision that someone makes because they are not affirmed in the, the gender that was assigned for them. Mm. So what, what, what being intersex is completely different from sexual orientation and gender identity. Being intersex is a natural variation for how someone is born. So this means as an intersex person, um, they could also be transgender right or they could just choose choose to be cisgender they could choose to just be affirmed with the sex that they were assigned um, at birth and also being intersex has nothing to do with someone's sexuality so you could be intersex and be heterosexual 
or you could be um, lesbian, you could be gay, you could be bisexual, mm. but being intersex has nothing to do with someone's sexual orientation or their gender identity. Mm. And, 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 and if then I can give a simple example, um, when I hosted a conversation with two intersex individuals, the one was female presenting and only when they, um, you know, uh, realized that they're not getting a period and they went to a gynae, they discovered that they didn't have certain, you know, internal female reproductive organs. And at, at that time, they discovered and got to understand what intersex is and then she further went on to explain, I am intersex, but I identify as female, but I also am female presenting. That was the gender that was assigned to me when I, or the sex that was assigned to me when I was born. The other person is somebody who is intersex. Their parents did not opt you know, born with both genitalia, their parents did not opt for any type of procedure. And for them, they don't identify as male or female. So even when it comes to gender, they say, I am intersex, which then led to the conversation that we were having because um, from the outside, which in itself is, is such a societal flaw as in looking at a person and deciding, okay, they're more feminine than they are masculine. And the person was explaining to me, I'm in a relationship with a woman. I'm intersex. I don't identify as male or female. I am intersex. But people will continuously ask if I am lesbian. So there's so many um, layers to the conversation, which in some ways are linked to the sexuality and the gender uh, gender identity, but in other ways are not at all. Because it was for me as well, the first time realizing, oh, so you can actually be born intersex, but when you reach a certain age, um, still decide, I don't identify with any gender i'm not male i'm not female i am intersex yeah yeah definitely you know like and, and that's what we said gender identity is for someone to decide themselves right so people will decide if they identify as a man if they identify as a woman or the person you spoke about that identifies as gender non-conforming mm. so they don't conform to to any gender and there are people in this life that choose to be genderless, right? But I think because of societal pressures and how we are raised and what we believe, um, you know, we, we, we believe that we have to conform to something. And sometimes when you step outside of that, then as society, you are now deemed wrong and, you know, you, you are not aligned with what society wants from you. And even if you think of like perspectives from us as, as Africans, as South Africans, mm. even some of our cultures and languages doesn't even have words for gender, right? And, and so gender. I love <laughs> that. I'm so glad you're mentioning that because uh, yo, the, 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 the way it's so <laughs> powerful and deep, I want us to take a break because we need to highlight how critical it is that in our African languages, we don't have gender specific pronouns. We actually refer to plural or elder or you. So when we come back, we continue this conversation on intersex. Looking forward to your questions. 072-702-1702 is the WhatsApp line. Okay. 702. Masterclass. 
And we continue our masterclass on Intersex. We're chatting to Crystal Hendricks, chairperson of the of the Intersex South Africa. We'll take your calls on 011-8830702 and the WhatsApp line 0727021702. Now, Crystal, you brought up such an an important point that gets me so excited when we think about, you know, when we refer to pronouns that in African languages they do not, in inverted commas, exist related to one's gender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, because if you look at um, like our languages, like inherently our, lang- our languages are genderless, and that's why we don't have a lot of words for things, right? We don't have words for what is intersex in, mm. in, in our language. We don't have words for these things, so... We, we, we have these um, standards that was brought to us from the north and we've just been like applying that to our lives and to our laws and that's how people, you know, ha- have lived. Like, if you are a girl, this is how you need to dress. If mm. you are a boy, this is how you need to dress. And people don't out of these norms so when you see an intersex person growing up in 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 a community and you see this woman that's in the 30s that you know doesn't have any children is is unmarried because maybe they have you know an intersex variation and it's something that they don't want to talk about Mm. people would assume well maybe this person is busy with witchcraft you know what is this person doing Mm. why is their life not going anywhere um we've seen it like with studies in the northwest where midwives has talked about when intersex children are born and they cannot determine if this is a boy or a girl, mm. it's seen as a bad omen. It's seen as witchcraft. It's 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 at one point there were studies speaking of where people were talking about we should sell the bones um, of these children. You know, we should kill these children and sell their bones yes. because society society is just so. Um, I don't know, like we've been mind controlled by gender mm. and by societal standards of how bodies should look like. And we like, if you do not have the specific characteristics, well, then you are not a female enough. Mm. If you do not have these characteristics, you are not male enough. And we've not come to a point where we are like, if our language is just as allowing people to exist, how can society not just allow people to exist in their bodies? Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and you touched on now another really, really big thing. So before I, I get into the part of the conversation around consent and parents making a decision to choose a gender for a child um, and, and what that life could possibly look like and also a parent choosing to not do anything and let their child decide when they are of age to be able to articulate what it is that they want. Another aspect that I was not aware of until I spoke to um, the two intersex individuals is they were speaking about the sheer lack of respect and privacy from the medical world because of their bodies. So, for example... Um, when one of them might go to a gynae visit, there'll be so many doctors in the room because the cases might be rare and they want the students to learn and see, but they are treated as subhuman. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and that's why we have um, intersex genital mutilation that's happening um, with intersex people um, within the medical fraternity or the medical system. They are immediately treated like as a science project, right? Yes. They take the human aspect out of it and they treat these kids like literally children, babies, newborns, like science projects, like Doctors believe they have found something very interesting mm. and they forget about the, the human aspect, right? And therefore these mutilations happen because they want to fit children into these neat little boxes of pink and blue. We even saw with the with, with, with United Nations Human Rights Mechanism that the Committee Against Torture has now added intersex genital mutilation to their list of torture. So not only is this uh, unnecessary and non-consensual medical procedures, but this is actually equated to medical torture. Mm. Some people will have it equated to, to medical rape right because yes. if there's no um, vaginal opening for an infant and and doctors feel that they have to perform um, surgery on a child of two three years old um, that child has to go through a process of dilators and dilation to make sure that this hole that they have medically created um, does not close mm. and imagine you being a parent of a three-year-old um, baby girl and having to insert dilators into your child because mm. a medic, med, medicine has tried, has said that, well, we need to make this a perfect vagina because this is how vagina should look like mm. because of our standards and what we believe. So this is really inhumane um, medical treatment that intersex people are going through, no respect for their autonomy, no respect for the self-determination, basically just treated like a science project. And that's why this is linked to actual torture, what intersex people are going through. And I think, yo, um, even you just speaking about the dilator, um, you, you are making it so real, um, for, for, for individuals just to get a, a true understanding of how torturous it can be. You know, you have an intersex individual who'll say, my parents opted to, to get a procedure done for me to be this specific gender. And I wish they had not done it. Um, the other individual who is intersex and say, my parents left me as I was. Where do you think we are in terms of what the medical world is saying? Because parents, when they are met with something that they don't know what it is, will rely on the doctor's advice to inform those decisions. Yeah, definitely. Really, we look at the doctors, right? We look at them as experts. This person has studied medicine for seven to ten years, and we believe that they are the know-it-all, right? But as intersex people, we have more experience about our own bodies because we live in 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 this reality. Um, oftentimes, when an intersex child is born, um, like I said, in our languages, we don't have. Um, you know, a word for intersex. Um, some of our parents, English is most of us is not our first language; mm. it's our second language. So when they explain this thing to parents, it's normally they will explain it between your child will either die or your child will live. So mm. we need to perform the surgery. We need to align them to a certain sex, and the parents will be like, "Well, I don't want my child to die." And mm. therefore, they will agree with what the doctors are saying. And the things that doctors are saying regarding intersex people has not been proven. You know, we had a meeting with people from, from health and they literally said intersex is something that's one pager. Do you, do you mean the, depart the Department of Health? 
no, with, with, with people, with health experts oh, and okay, in the medical yes. fraternity. And they spoke about this syllabus and, and they said that, you know, intersex is maybe something that gets covered in one pager within one day. And then for the next five, six, seven years, they never speak about it again, right? Mm. So the only thing they get taught about intersex people is that this is the two genders. These are the two sexes, male and female. We need to make sure bodies conform to these. Mm. And if you look at the surgeries, most of them, like about 80% of them, is where they will decide that this is a girl, right? And they mm. will perform a vaginoplasty to make sure that this person has a, a vagina as what they seem, you know, needs to needs to have and what is normal um, for society. Um, and then later on, when we see this child developing and we see what the surgery has caused, right? Because not only does it cause them to have continuous medical intervention, if mm. you speak to someone that's intersex in their 40s, then they've probably had like more than 30 surgeries in their entire life because as medicine advances, people need to go back all the time and they need to have different procedures. Mm. Um, because also you are intersex um, and you think there's no one like you on this planet, intersex people often isolate themselves. So now it affects their education because they don't go to school. Mm. Uh, it affects their employment. They don't have access to housing. They don't have access to water and sanitation. They literally isolate themselves from communities because of the secrecy and the shame. Because the mm. first thing doctors will say, like, don't talk about this. You don't have to tell anybody about this. Mm. My mother was told to just live your life. You don't have to tell people what happened so 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 doctors first of all they mutilate intersex children and then they force them into secrecy they force them into shame they force them into lying about their bodies because people also want to just conform to these standards mm. because you know no one wants to be told well you are you are not normal or you know these things that that that, that, that doctors say to you and so, so, so. originally when Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so so what I want to do, Crystal, because we need to take a quick break to go to the news. I want to pick up specifically on where we're leaving it and what you're saying about the isolation and, and what the repercussions of all of that can be for an intersex individual. It's just after 2.30. Masterclass. And our masterclass on intersex continues. We take your calls, 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line, 072 702 um, uh, Before we went to the news, um, chatting to Crystal Hendricks, chairperson of the Intersex South Africa, we were touching on the isolation part and it just got me thinking about the mental health issues that may arise from being intersex, considering it is still not necessarily rare in the sense that biologically it's rare, but it is rare in the sense that so many people don't even know what it is. Yeah, definitely. And, that, you know, there's not enough information um, about um, intersex identities or people that are intersex. And also the other part is that people wouldn't also just naturally come out and talk about this, right? Because, like I said earlier, like the way the doctors treated in this concealed method of care, tell no one, speak to no one about this, mm. um, that child grows up in this isolation where I'm different, I'm not like others, I'm not like my friends, my body is not developing like those around me. Mm. And it, it, it puts them into the state of where they would isolate themselves from, from communities. And this later on, you know, does affect, um, you know, their mental health and just their overall well-being um, as an intersex 
person. And also what we've seen within our medical systems is that they will perform the intersectional mutilation on a child, but there's no services after that to support mm-hmm. the child. There's no psychological, um, um, there's no counseling after this. There's no further medical follow-ups literally send you home with the child Mm. and tell you to you know raise your child the best you can but when there's complications and there's no other support because me going to a general practitioner they don't know what intersex is Mm. go to just a doctor they don't know (laughs) that is so So it's it's very difficult that is so scary that a gp does not know yeah, like, you know, when you go to a GP and you have a flu and then they will ask you, when was your last period? And then you're like, no, I don't get periods because I am intersex. And mm. they're like, oh, you are intersex. Oh, I think there's something in the book and they'll go fetch this big book and they'll mm. search for the pages to find something to read up about it. Because intersex variation is something that's not focused on in medicine. It's not a big part. The only type of person would, that would probably understand is if you go to an endocrinologist um, because they administer hormone replacement therapy, mm. such as testosterone and estrogen. So they get to work with with, with intersex people, but just tell me, within our rural areas, who has access um, to an endocrinologist? I have an intersex person that lives in Kimberley that has to travel about 300 um, kilometers just to see a gynecologist because they love there's no gynecologist available so it's very difficult for intersex people to get access to healthcare to mental well-being overall because people just do not i I feel like people are just ignorant or they're just not informed Mm. or but people just don't know about intersex people and the issues that intersex people face all right before we take um all of the questions that have um come through on the whatsapp line and of course you can still give us a call oh double one double eight three oh seven oh two in our conversation around um toilets and oh, bathrooms and gender assigned bathrooms we received a call from Marsha maruma and i thought it would be great to bring her back to share a bit of her story now Marsha, you are the mother of an intersex child hi um yes um i i i have a child who who was born intersex um and at the time when he was born we had to make a decision of whether the child would be male or female um and press for time and having a, a consideration at what part of the, the the research had already started saying we opted for for the child to be male so yes i i am a, a, a parent to a child who is intersex and 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 marcia just recap for us i know you did share last week um but when you say your child was born what was the experience? Because we know for every parent, the experience is, is um, different in terms of w- what did the doctor explain to you they are seeing that says that your child is intersex and for them to advise you to say you have to choose. What, was the, what, what, what were the reasons they gave you that you had to choose? So it actually started very funny, Rilebohile. At the time, it was very scary. Mm. Um, it actually is funny today because, yeah. Looking <laughs> I, I, back. I I've lived through it. Yes. Um, so when when I gave birth, it is it, it is normal practice in, in labor ward that the doctors would, would come with your child before they do anything and say, hey, congratulations, this is your baby. Can you see um, if it's a boy child or if it's a girl mm. child? 
and at the time when they had to come and now have this conversation with me, they were already frustrated and it also gave me a fright. And they were like, can you see your child? I was like, yes. And they were like, what gender is your child? Mm. I looked at the child and I kept quiet because for the very first time in my life, I was seeing something that I had never seen before. Yes. And I'd never heard of anything that could possibly come out looking like that. So I didn't know what to say. So mm. I kept quiet. And that's when they said to, to me, look, we, we're going to have to start um having counseling sessions with you so that we can take you through what is really happening. Mm. So came counseling time, they say to me, we can't tell you if your child is female or male. Mm. I'm like, wait a minute, what do you mean? They're like, no, we also don't know why. Mm. We can't give you the exact answers, so we need to transfer you to another hospital where further researches will be done on the child and then maybe we'll be able to tell you what the problem is. So already... At 19, you have your first child and you're being told that there's an investigation that needs to happen Mm. and they can't really tell if it's male or female. You can imagine. Mm. So they go through the test. We we get transferred to to, to some hospital in Pretoria. They do those tests and they're like, "Um, 99% of the child is made and Mm. 1% that generates the chromosomes is is, is that of a female child. So chances are that your child is going to develop physically as a male child, mm. but will seem like a female child that is trapped inside a man's body. I'm like, okay, uh, mm. then what do we do? Mm. They're like, okay, the next steps would really for us to wait for the child to grow a bit. Mm. Um, and then there is a procedure that you have an option to take. So mm. looking at what the results are already saying, 99% of the child is made would need to obviously operate the child and see how how we 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 get to to, to make him become mate as, as in as in to give him male genitalia basically so what he currently has is something that looks like a clit it looks like a penis but it doesn't have an opening mm. so they said that they would need to give um pills that i think uh, increase uh, masculine hormones or, mm. or something like that. Testosterone. Um, and yes, mm. and then yes, testosterone, right, that's the right one. And then they would need to further operate um, what looks like a clitoris to become a, 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 a penis. So mm. I, I had to sit down and consider what the future looks like. And I'm grateful enough that uh, that decision wasn't, wasn't, wasn't made to their favor. Um, I said to them, look, it's, it's, it's a tough one for me to make and, mm. and it's not even my decision to make. So what I'm going to then do is to wait for this individual to grow. And at the time when they feel they need to make a decision, if they ever will feel that need, they will make the decision themselves. Mm. Yo, Marsha, I mean, listening to your story, it's terrifying from the part of the doctors asking you, you know, mm. what, what mm. is it um, that you, what would you say the gender of your child is? to the whole process that you went through. Um, But what I'm going to do, we need to take a quick break. Um, We will uh, find out from Crystal her thoughts of that experience and then we'll go to all of your questions. 702 Masterclass 
All right, we're wrapping up um, soon our masterclass on intersex. We're speaking to Crystal Hendricks, chairperson of the Intersex South Africa. Crystal, um, just based off of what Marsha has had to share, um, which is just one of many stories we may not have even heard of, what are uh, what is your feedback? I mean, I was cringing when Marsha was sharing that, um, you know, they're transferring the baby somewhere else, and it was exactly like what you said, this became a science project. Yeah, um, I'm definitely it is what it is, and I am so proud of Marsha for um telling the story and and also you know parents choosing um not to perform any um medical intervention or, or surgeries on a child. It's so important, right? Because we need to give child an opportunity to grow and so they can decide. Um, I was dealing with this one intersex case where doctors also said, well, we decide that this child is a male, right? And when the child was going through puberty, they got periods and they started growing breasts and the child refused to go back to school because now they were raised their whole life as being this male because mm. doctors said that they were a male. So I think it's so important because like we just heard, doctors themselves do not have the knowledge about intersex people and they don't they don't think, you know, that they need to go out and, and, and you know, learn more about intersex people and their experiences and, and the different sexual characteristics. And it's so important that, you know, what we do at Iranti, um, where I'm the Intersex Rights Programs Officer, we work on creating awareness um, that people know about intersex people and they know that intersex people exist and all the intersex variations that they're out there. But the most important part of what we want to do is what Marsha has just told us about is to just let the child exist. We need to stop like all medical intervention, mm. let the child um, exist up until they are of an age where they can decide, well, this is what I wish to do. This is my gender identity. This is how I want to experience my life. But the, the most important thing is we hear doctors do not know. Mm. So that means who is the expert, the intersex person, the intersex child, it's their body, they live in that body, therefore they deserve the bodily autonomy and the self-determination to decide their gender, to decide if they want to have surgery, to decide on any practices or procedures that they want on their body. The decision needs to lie with the intersex person themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so some of the questions that have um, um, come through, and Marsha, I'm going to keep you here on the line with us because maybe you can speak from the perspective of a parent. There was a question that was asking, um, why is it that parents are shocked when the child is intersex because aren't they supposed to pick this up during appointments? But I think you did answer that, Crystal, by saying that it isn't just about what you see visually as in genitalia. So it could be internal reproductive organs. It could be a chromosome issue. And that's why um, um, doctors don't pick it up. But I'm assuming science might get so advanced that um, at some point you could go and test um, 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 your your fetus, but it might be an unnecessary invasive test at that as well. Yeah, it definitely it might be invasive. Like, you know, like I always, like in my own case, right? Like I was born with external genitalia of those that look like a typical female. Mm. However, internally I have an XY chromosome. And mm. as for society, men has XY chromosome, but I am a woman with XY chromosome. And, you know, so I didn't know I was intersex up until much later in life, up until my 20s. Mm. So for some people, if you do not go through all these different testing to test your chromosomes, to test your genetics, to have all the sonars, to have a CT scan, to see what's really going on inside, 
bit of your body. There's no way that that you would know, you know, that you are intersex. So there's multiple tests that needs to be done um, to, you know, to verify if someone is intersex. And these tests are obviously not not done all the time, you know, with children. And therefore, we don't always discover at birth, but sometimes we discover later in life. Yes, some people are born with visible traits that you can see at birth, but not all intersex people. Yes. All right, let's quickly listen to a few voice notes, then I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Uh, good afternoon, 702. Um, I've got a question for, for your guest there. Uh, it always bothers the mind to say, if I was to be born with three legs, let's just say three legs, everyone will think that is a disability because a, a human being is known to have how many? Two legs. Mm. If I was to be born with three eyes or 11 fingers mm. in one hand, that would be abnormal in courts. So why is it that when it comes to sexuality, if someone is born with two um, reproductive organs, we don't treat it as a disability? Because um, a human being, any animal must have one. I'm not saying it's that person's fault or what, but why don't we treat it as a disability? Maybe find out later which is more dominant, then the one that is dominant must be made to work and the other one closed or whatever. Because I'm thinking we, we, we are being flip-floppers. If we say this person has got three legs, or he's got one leg, or no, he's disabled and stuff, why don't we find a name for people with one leg and we embrace it? Instead of trying to put the other leg so that they have two legs. Oh, yeah, I'm so reluctant to even allow um, um, to give to give Marsha and yourself, um, Crystal, an opportunity to respond because now we have to go into a conversation of what qualifies as a disability. And as Crystal has already explained about, you know, only later finding out, for example, that you have certain chromosomes. How and when would somebody? be able to say you have a disability. So I think that's a tricky one. Let's uh, hear uh, one more voice note. Hi, and your guest. Um, dope show, loving the show. Um, geez, um, your topic today, your masterclass. About 19, 20 years ago, um, cousin of mine had a child. Uh, the child was cerebral, was born cerebral palsy and also intersex um and but you know they were dealing with a group of incredible doctors at uh, one of the private hospitals in Joburg. and when it came to gender assignment i remember the mom uh, my cousin's wife insisted that our child is actually more girl than boy but i guess my cousin wanted a boy and he insisted that when they do the gender assignment could it be a boy and I remember there were complications after the surgery, and I suspect partially because um, my cousin went against, uh, you know, advice that this is actually more of a girl than a boy. Um, I can't remember if they'd done tests or not at the time. But anyway, so the doctors went back in to correct the surgery, um, and she's now 19 years old, incredible young lady. And just looking at the journey she's walked, uh, you know, the journey she's been through, um, I think she's a, she's a miracle baby. And um, yeah, man, she's she's a darling. So shout out to uh, the group of doctors that uh, made sure the surgery was uh, a success all those 19, 20 years ago. 
Thank you so much for that voice note, Tato. Crystal, just in closing, the part we didn't touch on, um, which is just also heartbreaking to think about. We've spoken a lot about the medical fraternity, but we haven't spoken about the fact that parents will also impose what they want. Yeah, and, and we, we definitely heard that now, right? Um, because I also think, you know, we have the societal standards of let's have a gender reveal, let's have a baby shower, mm. everything is either pink or everything is either blue, and you have this expectation of that you want this girl, so whatever happens, you're going to tell the doctors, no, I, I think this should be a girl, and this is not allowing the child an opportunity. So, yes. As, as parents, right, we need to also understand that, you know, no matter how society tells us that, you know, the, the child, we decide for our children, when it comes to gender, when it comes to sex, and when it comes to sexuality, that is a personal decision for the person themselves, mm. and no one should be making that decision for anyone at all.